Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Courtney Abel from Majestic Works, Rick Hackman, and Tom DeAngelis from Stewardship Mission of Faith. Welcome, one and all. Welcome, David. Hello. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 and 19 through 28. We're going to break open the bread of life today and see what the Lord wants to speak to our hearts and what He wants to do within us through us and with us. So with, before we do that, Court, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And, and kindle in us the fire of your love. love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created. And you, you shall renew the face of the earth. earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, Grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And before we read the gospel, there's a beautiful prayer that's part of our Stewardship of Mission of Faith, Stewardship of Prayer booklet. And it's called the Serenity Prayer. And so let's just take a moment and close our eyes as we pray this prayer in our hearts. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? The gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 and 19 through 28. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this was his testimony of John. When the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, Who are you? He admitted and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? So we can give answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord. As Isaiah the prophet said. Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, 
Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As you were reading that, Rick, what jumped out at me was the first sentence. A man named John was sent from God. And you see, each of us can insert our own name here, because I circled that and put, a man named David, which is my name, was sent from God. Do we all realize that God created us for his purpose? Before we were born, he knew us. That, letter, that word know, to know us, is a deep level of intimacy. So God knew us before he even created us and formed us in our mother's womb. Why? And I love to share this. It's for two purposes. Number one, God shared us for his delight. His delight. He delights in us. He created us out of pure, unconditional love. Not because he had to, because he chose to out of his love. And then what did he do? He sent us, sent us to bring his son, Jesus Christ, into the world in our own uniqueness. We are called to be the hands of Christ, the ears of Christ, the heart of Christ, the eyes of Christ, so that we can respond to all the opportunities we have each and every day to be a blessing to others and a vessel of living water for the thirsty to drink from. And when I realized that, and I just stopped right on that sentence and realized the God of all universes, the God of everything who's who knows every breath I take, and without him I could take not a one, thought of me, created me for this amazing mission. It's a co-mission to be partnered with Christ, yoked with him so he can guide me, lead me, teach me, and help me on this journey so that I too can be used in the story of salvation of souls. And I was at a retreat on Monday, and and one thing that really stuck with me is I heard the one speaker say, is my greatest desire every day that I wake up the salvation of just one soul, one at a time. And I went, wow, that's the way I want to wake up. Jesus said, I thirst. Mother Teresa was always talking about, you know, thirsting for the, the lost thirsting for those who hunger, thirsting for those who are naked without Christ. And so for me, I want so much to have that heart of Christ, that thirst for each and every soul I have the opportunity to meet each and every day in my life. Why? Because God, if we're in communion with him, common union through our cleansing and the sacrament of reconciliation, through our participation in Mass, Thank you, Lord, daily, and we consume him both in word and in the Eucharist in body. We then enflesh the words of the Bible, which we just read, and we go out into the world to do what? Do what John did. Testify, testify to the message, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the message of hope. And what a better time to do that during the Advent season. I'm just, I'm on the one sentence going, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord, you chose me broken. (laughs) You chose me. I'm not equipped, but that's okay. 
He's the one that equips me. He's the one that strengthens me. He's the one that guides me. So that just really stopped me dead in my tracks, Rick, as you shared that. Well, and I'm not going to get much further past the first sentence because when when you said uh, a man named John and then replace your name, a man named David, a man named Tom, was sent by God, number one, the first thing that hit me was, well, if I was sent by God, I better be prepared to answer these questions that he's, they're being fired at him. You know, who are you? You know, what, what, are you, what are you then? If you're not the Christ, who are you? What are you doing here? Why do you baptize if you're not the Christ? You know, why? better be prepared to, to deal with those, you know, those same challenges that, uh, that John had to deal with if we're going to be his forerunner, if we're going to be the forerunner of Christ, if we're going to be the person who brings Christ to other people, we better be prepared to answer those questions. Who are you? You know, I'm not the Christ, but, you know, I'm, I'm one who cries out in the desert. And that was the other one that the other sentence that hit me was the voice of one crying in the desert. You know, what's the desert? There's nothing growing out there. There's nothing going on. Um, but that's who I am. That's, that's, and I, and I want to make sure I know who I am when I go out to, to people so I can answer those questions. And that was profound, Tom, because that was the second thing that I circled. And I asked myself that question. And I believe God inspired my heart and said, the answer to the question is, I am a child of God, a messenger of the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. And then I need to live it out in my words, in my actions, in my, as it says here, in my testimony. Why? Because like John, God sent us to make straight the pathways to the heart of all those people that are lost for Christ. They need to experience Christ's love in us, Christ's compassion, his mercy, his forgiveness. We need to be invitations to Christ. We are not Christ. We are not the answer. He is the answer. He is the solution. He is who we point to. But yet God chooses to use us in this role in salvation history. Well, I, I, I've been reading the uh, passage of, uh, or the, the line there, of I am the voice of one crying out in the desert, make straight the way of the Lord. That can kind of be kind of confusing because you're going to make straight the way of the Lord. Isn't, isn't the Lord's way already straight? <clears throat> Back then, right, they would send heralds out ahead of time before the king would arrive. And they would go along the roads, and, and there'd be workers along the way, and they would make sure they would fill in the potholes, and they would clean up the, any, any branches that were on the road, and they would, they would get people to the road saying, hey, the, the, the king is coming, the Lord is coming, get ready, here he comes, here he comes. So that way he had his smooth ride, there was people to see him, greet him. So th- this is really a bit, ties back to, right, we're supposed to be heralds of the gospel. So I, I love you know, the line of... Um, Preach with your actions, and if words are necessary, use them. So are you making straight the path in your heart for the Lord as he is preparing? That's what Advent is. We're preparing for him to arrive in the manger, and in our case, the manger of our heart. Are you preparing it? Are you going in there and going to reconciliation? Are you going in there and saying, hey, I got I got this little hang-up that I'm going to try to work on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to prepare my heart prepare myself for Christ, just like we take the time to get the the Christmas tree, we take the time to get the gifts. Those are all things we should be preparing ourselves to receive Christ completely at the Mass of, of Christmas, at either the Christmas Vigil or, or at the, you know, the Christmas Day. And so are we that herald of the gospel? And is that one crying out in the desert, the desert of our heart, 
and the Holy Spirit crying out to us. You know, again, are we are we being those heralds? Are we clearing the the way for ourselves to receive Him and then be those that example to others? And Courtney, you're so true because I'm I'm just sitting here as you're reflecting that, and the importance of our words. You know, in John 17, you know, the prayer of unity that people will come to know of Christ through our word. So our words are so important. So we must make sure we're always in communion, common union with the Lord, so that the voice that the people hear is that of the Holy Spirit. So this past week I went to uh, spiritual direction with my spiritual director, and you know he's 86 years old, Monsignor, been all over the world. His spiritual director was St. Padre Pio, and, and he was Mother Teresa's for 11 years, and this man is so blessed and so holy. Well, it's interesting because on the way up I'm like, you know, here's my pride in me. I'm like, oh, good news is I don't have to go to confession to him this time because I just went last week. I was feeling all good about it. I got the spiritual direction, and I'm no sooner there. He says, do you want to go to confession? And I'm like, oh, okay, yes. And so what did I do? Because I didn't know of any sins that I committed. Well, I did one thing. I prayed. Then I said, Holy Spirit, come into my heart and shine your light on the sins and where I fell down since my last confession. And oh, my goodness, what flowed out of me? of these sins of unforgiveness, these sins of pride, these sins flowed out of me. But when I was done, I was like, and and my spiritual director went, great confession. Now for your penance. He said, David, it is so important that you stay so close to the Holy Spirit in all your decisions, in all your words. You must stay in constant communion with him. So for the next nine days, David, I want you to just take time to invite the Holy Spirit in deeply into your heart. And then throughout your day, always ask the Holy Spirit before you speak, before you go into a meeting, prepare hearts and really, really, really get into a deeper, more intimate relationship with him so that you can be that pure vessel of living water, that pure vessel of mercy, that pure vessel of forgiveness. And I was so blown away because here I was, pride had already blinded me that I didn't sin, you know, since last week. And man, when the Holy Spirit lit up his light on it, I went, oh my goodness gracious. So it's so important. And we have such a gift in the Catholic Church to go to the sacrament that Jesus established of reconciliation. He gave the gift to the priesthoods when he breathed the Holy Spirit on them and said, whose sins you forgiven are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained. My goodness gracious, ladies and gentlemen, at this time in Advent, go get set free and go weekly, go every two weeks, once a year. My goodness, I'm not, I'm not holy, not like that. I have so many sins that creep in, little sins that end up blinding me, that end up crippling me, and they affect my testimony. So, my encouragement every week, two weeks, three weeks, go, 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 go. And then thank the priest. Thank the priest for the gift of his yes. Thank the priest for the gift of his life and what he chose, his great sacrifice, to give his life to the Lord chastely, purely, so that he can deliver these sacraments to us. Thank him, thank him, thank him, and then do the greatest gift you can do for him. Pray for him. Oh, my goodness, I had a mass one day, and I was complaining about a priest you know, who I thought had this sin, you know, he just was kind of a little cynical. And the Lord asked me this question, when's the last time you prayed for him? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't pray for him. He said, but why do you complain about him if you don't pray for him? Aren't you partially responsible? And I'm like, you're right. He needs my help. 
He needs my prayer. It totally changed my attitude so that I became this vessel now that prays for this priest because the priests are in the front line. The priests are getting hit right and left, spiritually attacked. They need our prayers. They need our compassion. They need our mercy. The next time you even consider about complaining, realize this truth. If you complain, the enemy's got you on the hook and he's going to use you because it's not of God. It's when we pray for them truly from our hearts for God's strength, God's mercy, and we forgive them and we become partnered with them on this mission with Christ that we are working for God. When we complain, perfect example, you know, a friend of mine said to me the other day, hey, did you hear about Bill Cosby? And this is how the Lord worked in my heart. Immediately I said, you know what? I really don't want to know anything. All I know is this man has children and a wife. He needs our prayers. That's what I know. And we need to pray for him. Boom. Stop it. And we prayed. And it was so beautiful because when we spread what we think is truth, we're, we're being used as tools of the enemy to destroy and divide the church, destroy and divide people. It's not of God. But when we take what could be gossip, even if it's truth that we're trying to share, that's a rumor, you know, it doesn't matter. And we pray for them and don't look at their sin. Oh, my goodness, we become prayer warriors for these men and women who have fallen. We help heal their wounds. We help heal their children. So, man, it's just, just a huge learning lesson. And, you know, the, the other one of the things that I was uh, reflecting on as you were bringing that up, David, is if, if we are going to be that presence through the Holy Spirit of Christ in the world, uh, and we're going we're gonna to herald Christ, as, uh, as we talked about earlier, um, and be John to the, to the world, um, there's another line here that jumps out at me, is there's one among you whom you do not recognize. And, you know, one of the things you brought up, Mother Teresa and Padre Pio and a few other of the great saints, and I still remember reading that Mother Teresa always saw Christ in the people that she ministered to. She saw that poor, you know, dying man in the street, that poor infant that she picked up and, and ministered to those to those people as if they were Christ. And it just hit me as I was reading that line and reflecting on it that, you know, that there's if we are the for the, you know, the uh, the forerunners of Christ, we're the people that come before him and make straight the way. Um, then we also have to let people know, as John did, that there's one among you whom you do not recognize, uh, the one who is to come. And th- that's those are that's everybody around us. Those are the people that are being called into our life by God for us to work with, for us to heal, for us to minister to, for, for them to minister and heal us, because sometimes the best thing that we can do for somebody is let them help us, you know, because that, that helps heal them. That helps bring the goodness out of them. So uh, that's really important because you don't, you don't know. um, uh, We were just at uh, NCCYM and uh, Gus Lloyd and Jason and myself and, and Mission Network and some of the teams and, Trying to kept explaining the book Magnetic Christianity to people, and because um, they're really interested in it, and, and I kept saying, you know, what struck me in the book and continues to remind me to this day is, if you were the only person this that this individual got to meet that was a representative of Christ, what would they think of Christ after meeting you? If this was their one moment, and it brings it all back around how the devil uses a lot of cynicism. You know, and, and uses those tricks to fool us. Uh, again, being in San Antonio, one of my best friends and me got together. I haven't seen him in 10 years. Uh, he lived a two hours away. So we're walking, walking from the Alamo 
to, to, to go uh, walk over to the conference, and this guy comes up. And I, I caught him out of the corner of my eye, and, of course, uh, my cynicism, I immediately grabbed my wallet in my back pocket like I, maybe I'm going to get pickpocketed here real quick. And he had some change in his hand. His, his finger was blackened, and he goes, do you guys have 50 cents? Because I, I only have about 50 cents, and I want to buy a, a burger I haven't eaten. And the guy really looked like and, – and so I had what I had in my wallet. I gave it to him. My friend gave it to him too. And he goes, oh, my gosh, you didn't expect this. My friend looked at me and goes, well, you know, I mean, he, he could be using that to buy beer or whatever else. And, and, um, and I, said, I, said, I said, you know what? That's not the intention God judges. And right then we looked, and he walked right into that McDonald's right there. And him and I moved to the corner, so the guy could have walked off. But he walked right into that McDonald's right there. And bought that burger. I watched. I watched from the window. And and to me, that's those moments of Christ that, that you have and you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give um, my mom a, a very big thank you, too, because she um, she was driving in Mount Joy just, 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 just this week, that real snowy, cold day we had. And there was a guy and a girl, very young, walking down the road in soaking rain, that soaking, freezing rain. She pulled over her car and she said, are you okay? Do you need a ride somewhere? And uh, they had explained to her that they're homeless and that, that um, they came from abusive families in New York and have been walking down, walking to San Antonio, not San Antonio, I'm sorry, Austin, because that's where her estranged father lives. And my mom put, picked them up in the car, went down and got them a hotel room, put them in the hotel room, and uh, gave them money to go buy a meal. She called them... Uh, 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 Sunday to check in on him, and then uh, she uh, said, uh, the girl said, well, we've only spent of the money you've given us $5. So my mom said, well, why do you only spend that? She went down to him again, and here the, the girl expressed to her how much she was Christ to her, and the girl pulls out of her backpack a Bible and says, we've, we, we converted about a few months ago, and we read from this every day, and reads a scripture passage to my mom, of, of what she was to her. And so my mom took him over to Goodwill to get him clothes, warm clothes, and got him bus tickets and someone to meet him in Austin to get her to her dad. But you don't know. I mean, we could have judged those two people. We could have judged them with everything we were, but that's not what we have, right? Right? We're, we're, we're meant to, we're not unworthy to tie the sandals, right? It reminds me of Christ when he says, oh, you don't know what you're doing. You must allow me to wash your feet. And so mm-hmm. that's what my constant reminder of being that servant, right? To be that servant instead of the one who judges. And let me just follow up on that real quickly, because, and this is a lesson that I learned the hard way. Uh, when I was walking through the streets in New York City with my daughters um, for the Christmas show during Christmas season, uh, and this was back in the mid, probably mid-80s, mid to late 80s, and the streets weren't as cleaned up as they are today. I mean, there were still homeless people out in the streets during Christmas time, and you know, we walked by a few people that were sitting there, and a few of them would reach out and ask for some help. And I just walked by them and told the girls, you know, don't pay attention to them. They're, you know, they're just they're trouble. You know, they're just. And then a few months later, somebody said to me, as and we were walking on the street in Harrisburg, and and pulled out a buck and gave it to a homeless person, and I and I did the same thing, and they and I and I said the same thing that the, the person is what you know they're just going to use it to buy some more alcohol or something, whatever they do, and he said. That's not really our job. You know, our job is to open our hearts and be generous. 
it's God's job and the Holy Spirit's job to work through them and in them. And if that's what they're going to do, that's what they're going to do. And that might be the last dollar that they blow before they realize that they need to turn their life around. And if you wouldn't have given it to them, it would have just take longer. So it really, and I, and God helped me for the times when I've not been a good example to my daughters. That's what made me think about it was, you know, I walked right past those people and could have been a good example to my daughters. And, and I wasn't, I was an example of that cynicism. So I've since tried to correct that, you know, with them. But and there's what, what Dad was saying about they thirst. You know, they're, they're thirsting right. for something greater than them. And that's what Jesus is asking for. He thirsts for us. And so we're to be that, that, that balm, that ointment, that, that healing that we don't know that, that could possibly. And I had somebody dealing with a very tragic thing this week, and they said, how, how, do, you, how do you handle stuff like this? They said, I said, I don't. Christ does. Because I turn it over to him and say, I can't do this. You can. And so, again, back to my father, if you allow Christ to work through you, the peace you'll find in actually giving up of yourself, not filling it up with what the world wants you to, is amazing. Wow. And you know what? I wrote down here that the pathway to heaven is paved with the stepping stones of humility. John exudes that here. He's not the Christ. He's not anyone special. And then I added to that, and the stones of humility are bound together by love. And that's so important. And, you know, we got to be careful because the Lord had me go to a spiritual retreat on Monday. And he told me, just listen, which I don't typically do. But I listened. And what the Lord did is he took me through a scripture verse of the Pharisees, Sadducees, elders, and all going to stone the woman caught in adultery. And he took me on a journey to teach me that that was me. And I'm like, what do you mean, Lord? And the Lord basically shared with me, each and every time you share of another's sins, you are stoning them for committing adultery against me. But you have committed adultery, David. Every time you chose to sin, you have committed adultery against me. You are those people. And then the Lord took me further because, see, whenever we, the Bible tells us, confess our sins to one another. The Bible doesn't tell us to confess other sin, other people's sins to other people. And here I was taking the enemy's bait, and I was sharing other people's sins and disguising it wholly and saying, we're going to pray for them for this sin. That's not of God. God forgives, he forgets, and he lifts people up so they can have life and have it in abundance. And I was tearing people down, tearing their dignity down, dignity down by sharing their sins. So great lesson God taught me. I hope it helps each and every one of you. And may God bless you in your journey in this Advent season becoming more like Christ. God bless. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100.
On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.